Welcome to the Wheel of Sports, home of the greatest sports stories ever told. My name is Ian McNally, and with me is it's Matt Lavery. Matt Lavery. Hello, Ian. Hello, listener. Hey, Matt. Very, very excited for you, Matt, because I'm going to be coming to Dublin. Yes. <laughs> so exciting. We're very, very grateful uh, for you making the trip, Ian. We can't wait to host you. It's going to be superb. We know we've got a, a massive following in uh, in Ireland, and uh, it's going to be tremendous. It's going to be getting voice recognised in the street, no doubt. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, let's get that wheel spinning, and uh, I'm sure enough uh, going to be able to enjoy sinking some pints of Guinness uh, and other things. Uh, I don't know why did I say other things, just Guinness. Other stouts are available, but no, it's pretty other much stouts, ubiquitous. Other stouts. The ubiquitous Guinness. The topic for this episode is... <laughs> I'm not sure, I can't really tell from here. Uh, I think it's out of bounds, Matt, I can see. I'm just peeking through the, uh, the screen there. I think it's out of bounds. It's out of bounds, Ian. Out of bounds. Bit of an interesting one, this, Matt. I'm going to run with this one because this is about the Winter Olympics. Brilliant. Now, as as you know, we've done a, a, a few different things on winter sports, but there's this concept in the Olympic movement, which is about demonstration sports or exhibition sports. Now, they're the sports that they try out in the Olympics. So the, the idea is that they're uh, raising the profile of these events. Sometimes they don't count them towards the medal tally. Is that, did you know that? No, I assumed they would always count towards the medal tally. Yeah, I thought that once they'd signed off on the sports, that was, you know, but imagine like going along, you try your hardest, you go to collect your medal and it's like, it's plastic. Wow. <laughs> like, oh yeah, sorry mate. Uh, yeah, your sport doesn't count. It was just just a bit of fun. I did not know that. Wow. Minute in and I'm learning. It's great. <laughs> we do say it's got to be entertaining or informative. So uh, <laughs> we're yeah. definitely on the uh, on the informative curve at the moment. But the demonstration sports, uh, there's a number of them generally that happen uh, for the each Olympics. And generally the host city will lobby to get one or two of their sports that they want into the Olympics. So in the Summer Olympics, you might remember in uh, London, there was mountain biking. Mm-hmm. There was a, an argument to get darts in, which I was very much in favour oh. of. You, regular <laughs> listeners would know. <laughs> in his passion for darts. Yeah, I'm not surprised you were campaigning on that one. I think the main drawback was that they campaigned to get darts in rather than mini javelin. Because <laughs> if they would have called it mini javelin... Maybe there would have been a more athletic uh, argument for it, but (laughs) the reason they do it is because some of those sports do actually mature and become official Olympic sports Mm -hmm. and become on the roster of the the sport. So it's not just a bit of fun. Like, so for example, the modern pentathlon, freestyle skiing, speed skating and curling all started off as exhibition sports and not part of the core. And all of those things are highly popular winter sports now and on the roster as ratified genuine Olympic sports. But Matt, (laughs) there are some sports that they've given a try to over the years that haven't quite worked out as they might expect. 
I had a lot of fun researching this because <laughs> there's a few absolute belters. One is uh, ice stock sport. Okay. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Already it's fun, isn't it? It's yeah. like, that is such a clunky name for a sport. Ice stock yeah, sport. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like, um, I don't know, some sort of industrial business. <laughs> <laughs> it does, yeah. Uh, so this was uh, in the uh, Garmisch and Partenkirchen 1936 Olympics for the first time. And what it is, it's a bit like a quick version of curling. Okay. So instead of the stones that you have in, in curling where you very gently uh, push down the ice and somebody has the broom, there's no broom in this. You have like a, a big uh, UFO, like a metal UFO saucer, right. <laughs> flying saucer on, on a handle, on like a stick, which comes out probably about a foot, 30 centimeters. And then you basically, you swing your arm <laughs> and then you waz it down the, down the track or down the ice. You can play it on tarmac and stuff as well, like to play it in all different surfaces. But the the ice one is the fun one because obviously it, you get a lot less uh, less friction and it, the, these flying saucers really do fly. And there's different versions of it. You know, you throw like what would be known in bowls is, is the jack, but it's called the daub and you're basically trying to get as close to that as you can and, and knock your opponents out. So kind of a familiar concept, but it's so much fun watching this. There's a couple of interesting things about this as well, which is the first record of ice stock was it being played on the River Danube in the year 1192. <laughs> wow, some pedigree there. Yeah. And the record is of Leopold V, the Duke of Austria, playing on the River Danube and being informed whilst playing ice stock that Richard Lionheart had been captured. <laughs> so, so it does have some quality history there. Why didn't it make it before you move on to the next sport? Because, like, why not? If it's a faster version... Surely that would be more appealing, wouldn't it? it exactly, and and you, you do, do actually find there's a, there are a couple of these sports that didn't quite make it, which are just a bit too similar to existing sports. So for for one reason or the curling took it out. I I think I don't know why curling won. I don't know whether it was you know because maybe the slower speed is is somehow more attractive, or or having to the extra component of sweeping in front of the the curling was seen as more skillful but matt there's one version of ice stock which is just called distance <laughs> and is it just how far you can throw the thing <laughs> yeah it's Amazing. how far it's how far you can you can you can absolutely fizz it as far as you can god you must need some a big big sheet of ice for that yeah so they play it on uh, on rivers and stuff like that which are frozen over in winter but they, they call what's called the funnel. So they have like, they have a track. So you, you can't just like visit anywhere, mm. but you, you, you have got much more leeway than the normal. Uh, and if it goes out of the funnel, then they count the distance, but it doesn't have to go in a straight line, but it does, once it's out the funnel, then, then it's done. But the world record, any guesses for? I don't know, 
couple of hundred metres? 566 metres. <laughs> Over half a kilometre. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're not doing that in your local ice rink, are you? I, I don't know why they're not using these things as modes of transport. It's like... <laughs> it's, it's like a winter winter version of the Segway. Brilliant. It's like if you had a big, long handle, you could jump on it and... It, Oh, just superb, 566 metres. So it, it was actually not used after 1936 in the Winter Olympics, but it does have quite a big following, even in places where it's not hot, where it's not cold. It, there's, there's like people in Sri Lanka and India who play it on a hard ground, and um, yeah, it's got quite the following. So uh, maybe it's there's still time yet. For ice stock to return. Is it still called ice stock in... Warmer climate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is. Brilliant. Yeah, I didn't even think about that when I was researching, but it absolutely is. Great. <laughs> so, a um, couple of other... Uh, well, we talked about sports that were close to other sports. Uh, probably one that missed out um, just because it was too close to ice hockey was a sport called bandy. Bandy is like a mix between ice hockey and soccer, football, soccer ball. So it's played on a bigger rink, a bigger field. It's on the uh, basis of, of soccer in the respect that 11 aside, they have offside rules, 45-minute halves, and um, it's... Really interesting that, that it's become most popular in Russia and Sweden, uh-huh. this sport. And you, you have uh, like hockey, big sticks which are called bandies, but the goalkeeper doesn't have one, which, which is, uh, I would not be in goal for that. I want a stick. I'd want one like everybody else. And is it like a puck that they're using or is it a ball? They use a ball, yeah. It's a ball. So they use a ball, not a puck. Even though it's got lots of traction in Russia and Sweden, the first recorded rules of bandy were in Berry Fen Bandy Club in 1882, which was in England. So probably a lot of those uh, association football rules have helped influence bandy. But bandy was one of those that was tried out in the 1952 Olympics, but again wasn't seen ever again and probably just probably a really good sport to watch to participate in but just didn't get across the line because ice hockey was the was the more popular son so it's it seems a shame that doesn't it but do they play on a much bigger ice rink than hockey yeah yeah they play on a on like a almost like full-size field and they have things like uh obviously they have things like offside but they also have uh corners they have a big circle in the middle. They also have like semicircles around the goals, but then they have two other smaller circles. Uh, part of those semicircles, uh, I'm making it sound much more complicated than it is, but it's it, it, it it's kind of it is that hybrid of like a a field hockey as well, mm-hmm. soccer and ice hockey. So I suppose ice hockey in some ways is more dynamic because you've got the puck and you just the ball doesn't go the puck doesn't go out of play it just kind of just keeps you know moving. you just keep moving yeah. around it seems like some of these sports you know just 
can't coexist side by side, but again, a sport that's hugely, still hugely popular in many parts of the world. One which is, again, probably born out of uh, necessity more than anything, because uh, sled dog racing, <laughs> which... <laughs> I just didn't, didn't think of this as a sport at all, but why not? It's, it's strange to me, because obviously, like, the Summer Olympic movement is very much about man, isn't it? It's very much about the human doing the thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, ex probably except for, even like in equestrian and dressage and stuff, it's still about the human controlling the animal. Yes. Um, but like, having 30 dogs or whatever, <laughs> just like, at what point is it the dogs and how much is it, if, is you. Yeah. It was at Lake Placid in 1932, then appeared again in 1952 in Oslo. And then, although it, it wasn't recognised as the official sport and wasn't, wasn't counted towards the medals, sled dog racing made another appearance in Lillehammer in 1994. <laughs> how, how, how far are these dogs going? So in the Olympic context, they're going for 40 kilometers, which is a shift, isn't it? Uh, they normally travel around kind of 20 to 30 kilometers an hour. So probably not actually doesn't take them that long to complete, you know, probably talking just over an hour, an hour and a half. So the first actual, this wasn't in the Olympics, uh, but 1908, they, they had a, an Alaskan event and that took place over 400 miles <laughs> across the Alaskan wilderness. The, the record good. for it like still stands 74 hours. That's, if you're going to do it, do it properly. Make it like 74 <laughs> hours. Can you imagine if there was any Olympic event now that lasted that long? <laughs> that would be brilliant. That would be brilliant. Wouldn't it be interesting? It'd be a bit like watching like Big Brother or something. You know, like yeah. not much is happening, but everything's happening. Yeah, just don't go to sleep. <laughs> What's that um, that thing they have on uh, slow TV? You know, where you just what do you just put a camera on the front of a train, and it, it the train journey is like seventeen hours, and no. it just shows you the entire journey. So I think it's on like Netflix and stuff. It's, it comes out of Scandinavia, but they they do it on cruise ships or like uh, trains, and it's called slow TV and. All they show you, they show you the whole way. Wow. Like nothing cut, nothing edited out. Just <laughs> what the driver would see. Yeah. Why, why would anybody want that? <laughs> well, it's, it's quite a bit. There was a really heartwarming story about it that um, they were sh showing it in, because uh, I think it comes out of Norway, and they were showing it in a Norwegian old people's home. And it, it was this... Uh, Train, nine hour train ride a, a lot you know in the uh, Norwegian fjords and uh, along the coastline and and they said ev every time they s the train pulled in at the station the old people got up to get their luggage oh. it's like <laughs> kind of like really you know so it's so realistic that it's just like we can yeah. imagine ourselves yeah, okay. <laughs> right there. Imagine if you worked in an old people's home, you would have to just, tickets, please. Everyone panics. 
<laughs> but I would so to to go back to the to the to the racing though. Yeah, that would be that would be excellent. Like seventy four hours worth of. <laughs> well, as you say, nothing happening, and yet everything happening. Yeah, and you would imagine like the strategy around stops, feeding, sleep, mm-hmm. uh, all those things. It would just be really interesting to see how that played out. Incidentally, 1932 Olympics at Lake Placid in New York State was the first year that Coca-Cola became the official soft drink provider. And they have remained the official soft drink provider for every subsequent Olympics at the time of recording, which is quite the record, isn't it? Um, And I imagine they kept the Coca-Cola nice and cool in the back of the uh, sled (laughs) there as well. A couple of other things that you probably uh, might have guessed around the lines of um, the connection with more traditional things uh, in the Olympics, which is an event called Military Patrol. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Military Patrol sounds like, you know, one of those Disney films about, like, a dysfunctional army unit. (laughs) Like Police Academy. Yeah, yeah. It sounds stupid, but it is actually the forerunner for the modern uh, biathlon. So the first time it appeared in the Olympics was in San Moritz in 1928. It consisted of 25 kilometres of cross-country skiing with a climb the mountain between 500 and 1,200 metres. And... You also had to be carrying a minimum of 24 kilograms on your back. And it's a team event. So you have four members of the team. And then once you've done that grueling cross-country ski climb, you then have to shoot at targets. So you have a rifle and you can imagine that that is made much more difficult when you're cold, dehydrated, underfed probably shaking from all that physical exertion but yeah as i say that became the forerunner for the modern biathlon because you know it's a very similar kind of uh, ratio of uh, cross-country skiing and climbing but you don't have to carry a backpack these days okay but you still do the shooting right yeah and i think that might be one of the few does that, I'm saying it, I didn't research this, Matt, so this is off, off the top of my memory, but I think you can consume, or were until very recently able to consume alcohol before you shot with a rifle. <laughs> Great. I think it was, tra- it was tradition, I think, to be able to have like a shot of brandy or whiskey or something to steady, steady your hand. Amazing. <laughs> and the, there's a lovely picture of the original uh, military patrol in 1928, in full military uniform. So they did the whole event in full military uniform, medals on, <laughs> rifle. Um, and they, they would have, as part of the, the four, they would have an officer uh, who would be part of the team traditionally, and they would carry, uh, they wouldn't carry a rifle, they'd just carry a handgun. Of course. <laughs> take the edge off. <laughs> So we've got ice stock, we've got sled dog racing, military patrol, we've got bandy. I want to go to skioring. Say that again. <laughs> it's Norwegian, Matt. Skioring. Right, okay. <laughs> What's that? 
<laughs> it's <laughs> this. So, what are two of the most dangerous things in sport, Matt? Horses. Yeah. And skiing. <laughs> like you mixed. <laughs> you, mi- you mix those two together, you get skiering. <laughs> what? You're not putting horses on skis. <laughs> Can you imagine? Why is that actually it? Imagine if you put the horse on the the, the down slope. <laughs> Just to see. <laughs> the animal rights protesters would I, be. I'm laughing at that, and I'm also thinking, hang on, but is that actually what it is? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not far off. It's it's um, it's equally as stupid. Which is so 1928. Um, <laughs> this, this is this is so imagine um, imagine water skiing where you pull with a boat mm-hmm. and the person behind holds on but the boat is a horse and the person <laughs> is on skis <laughs> and stupid <laughs> so so you basically run either around an oval or a track or just in a straight line in a race and uh skiering uh look the shocking thing about this matt is that there's also dog your skiering what <laughs> so you, you get the dogs the dogs will take you forward dogs pull you along right there's also um motorized skiering where you get pulled by a car car <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. And my favourite, and probably the the most upper class, is equestrian skiering, where you get pulled by a horse, but over several jumps and obstacles. (laughs) What I'm confused about, though, is skiering. this this mode of transport presumably doesn't exist outside of the sport. It doesn't sound like it would make any sense. Like, if you had a horse, you would ride the horse, wouldn't you? Or you'd have some sort of chariot pulling. Like, you wouldn't just ski behind the horse, would you? You might have a sled or something. That's like, what I mean. Like, like dog, s- dog sled is makes sense. Because yeah. people have been doing that for hundreds of years. Skiing just doesn't sound like it makes any sense. <laughs> Especially behind a car. Yeah. Just get in the car. <laughs> You know, if, if your car can do it, get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any way to propel people forward or pull them along has been used in this uh, in this yoding manner. So it's uh, please look look it up. It's it's pretty crazy. There's a couple of sports just to finish off, Matt, which weren't demonstration sports, so they weren't officially pushed or promoted. But they're really popular and on the fringe of making the, uh, or at least being able to apply for official recognition in the Olympics. So as I said at the start, you know, curling, speed skating, pentathlon, freestyle skiing, there's, there's plenty of examples of fringe sports, which then became uh, proper Olympic ratified sports. But there's a few which aren't even able to be tried at the Olympics yet but this could be a window into the future there was one that applied in 2015 but got rejected which was 
synchronized skating. Like figure skating. Yes. Well, think about synchronized swimming where you have like a group of like 20 people in the pool Mm -hmm. and they all do a dance. It's that, but everyone's got blades. (laughs) So you can imagine the, the danger level is high, but when it works, beautiful. Yeah, okay. Figure skating is very good to watch, actually, I find. It's really hypnotic. It's amazing. It's actually one of those things, yeah, as you say, it's hypnotic. There's like a a meditation kind of effect until someone just does a wobble (laughs) or a fall and it really snaps you out of it. It's like, oh, I didn't realise these people could fall. (laughs) What didn't go to plan. So synchronised skating, like, if you one person falls, you're taking the, the rest of the team out. And that, I kind of think, is also quite entertaining if, uh, if nobody gets hurt. The jeopardy involved is, is high. But that didn't get in the Olympics. The other one was speed sk- skiing. Speed skating is fine. Speed skiing, okay. which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a bit like drag racing, but for <laughs> skiing. But don't they do that anyway? So they... They do events around, like, say, going downhill and and jumping and landing and and different bits and pieces. But this is just about speed. So you're just going downhill, sometimes at a a 70% (laughs) gradient. Like, it's it's insane. Like, a guy uh, in the last few years managed to... Clock a speed of two, over two hundred and fifty kilometers an hour. Goodness me, <laughs> Matty! At what point do you like? Do you, does your head not fall off? Like two hundred and fifty. <laughs> Have you ever like driving down the motorway at like seventy miles an hour, and you think if I stuck my head out the window now, I'd be dead? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's on skis. <laughs> so it begs the question. How do you stop? How how do you stop when you go going after? Snowplow. They pretty much they they build a specially designed fence so that you can just fly into the fence and that stops you. Brilliant. Like it's, it's, so, it's, when you say fence, is it more like a like a parachute or something that you or like a crash mat you're going into? Yeah, it's like a crash mat. Yeah, that is fun. So uh, uh, part of me thinks that that just can't be. A sport because the insurance would be awesome. danger. <laughs> Public liability insurance is uh, like, or somebody's head would fall off. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's two hundred. It was two hundred fifty-four kilometers an hour. <laughs> so so scary to think about. There's uh, not a high-speed train in Australia that can do that speed. Is that, is that true? We have no high-speed railway in Australia. None of the trains can go close to 254 kilometres an hour. Wow, that is, gr- that is a great stat. Just to put it into context, that's brilliant. <laughs> the last one I'm going to cover. Let's put it this way, Matt. I've never done illicit drugs. <laughs> but I put this on YouTube and honestly, within 24 seconds, I thought it dropped a tab of acid. <laughs> Honestly, I had to I had to log off and just steady myself because this was so confronting and beautiful. Why is it? <laughs> Ski ballet. <laughs> it's absolutely 
<laughs> but Ski Ballet actually was tried out in Calgary 88 and Albertville in 92, but has never been seen since. But it's amazing, Matt. Like, honestly, I, I don't say that lightly. I felt like I'd done acid. It's, it's just a wonderful thing to see because the bloke I watched doing this was so brilliant and terrible at it he was uh he's put it into is he going down a hill no (laughs) (laughs) that's he's just on snow but why not just do it on skates then but also why not dance like why not just have a dance competition like He's got two big sticks, the big <laughs> ski sticks. Right, you've got to hold on to them all times. He's wearing a big ski suit. He's got two big full-length skis on. And he's got to do ballet. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like something you make someone do on a, on a box night, a stag do. <laughs> it's like a punishment. <laughs> this guy was brilliant at it. He was doing it to uh, Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> Are you sure? Maybe it was acid here. <laughs> I honestly, me retelling this makes me feel like it wasn't true. It sounds like a dream you had. <laughs> so you've got to check this out because it's so fun. I definitely and will. I just don't know why it's not in on the roster anymore because... So is this, this used to be on the roster and this has been dropped? It was... It was a demonstration sport in Calgary in 88 and Albertville in 92. Wow. And you, you're watching somebody, like, put, they put the sticks in the ground and then flip over, but they've got the two big skis on. <laughs> so it just, it's just so pointlessly brilliant. <laughs> and clearly you have to be very gifted and talented to do it. And also stupid, like, but you have to, there's something about it which is so, I've never seen anything like it before. Just so brilliant. And just to have, I'm not sure what song it was from Fiddler on the Roof. Might have been If I Were a if I Were a, if it was If I Were a Rich Man, I would not be doing ski ballet. <laughs> <laughs> just two things that shouldn't mix together, but... That is the story, Matt. We say the greatest sports story he's ever told. That is the story of the sports that didn't quite make it to the Winter Olympic roster. I'm excited that some of these sports, that there's still sports out there that will be on future Olympics, which we just don't know about yet. Yeah. And what a joy to learn about all of those sports. I, I, I'm really like, I'm, I'm imagining what sports are out there, maybe from the Summer Olympics or just generally, that could be made more dangerous by putting a horse with skis into the equation. <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't know, like rugby, like horse. <laughs> I don't there's so many, you could just like, yeah, add, just add skis, add dogs, <laughs> add blades. There are, there's 
Stick to the lines. So, so much to think about. And and just the sense that I only said I felt like I'd taken acid just for that last one. Yeah. But, like, so many. That is so good. Skio ring. Skio ring has got to be so good. Oh, so good. Ian, thanks so much for that. And uh, thank you, listener, for, for tuning in once again the wheel of sport home of the greatest sports stories ever told you can get in touch with us via instagram or, or, or twitter uh, the handle is at the wheel of sport uh, or via email at the wheel of sport at gmail.com thanks very much Ian. that is absolutely amazing i'm definitely off to watch the ski ballet yeah you definitely watch the ski ballet and i'm off to try and find any interviews of the speed skiing where uh, someone says you know my career was going quite well but it's all downhill from here yeah. Yes. <laughs> you got it in. You got it in right at the last. Ski joking. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs>